The Secrets of Star Wars is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars, episode 41. Hello there. It's a power that Jedi have that lets them control people and make things float. Impressive. Every word in that sense was wrong. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I find your lack of faith disturbing. It's against my programming to impersonate a deity. That's not how the Force works. Force is with me, and I am with the Force, and I fear nothing. Remember, the Force will be with you, always. Hi everyone, I'm Thomas Enhero, filling in for Father Fett this week, and you're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars, where we talk about everything connected to that galaxy far, far away, including the deeper themes and meanings. Today we're discussing the newest season of The Clone Wars by looking at Episode 7, A Dangerous Debt, and Episode 8, Together Again. And together again with me tonight on the panel are Mike Creevy. Hey Thomas, how's it going? It's going well. And Angela Cialana. Hi Angela. Hello. All right. These two episodes seem to wrap up the Ahsoka Martez storyline for now, and they helped clear up some of the points we brought up in asking questions about this story in the last episode of Secrets of Star Wars. Uh, what did you guys think about these last two episodes? Totally fun. Yeah. Uh, it was a really nice ride and um, very satisfying story arc, I felt, uh, especially where we see it going. Um, but... You know, a lot of um, philosophical themes in here and human themes and um, moral themes. And it was it was a lot to chew on. And the animation mm-hmm. was nice again as well. Um, good character development. So, I mean, tie-ins to Rebels. <laughs> yeah. What more can you ask for? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it was just a lot of fun. And, um, you know, I think um, I, I well, I at least hold out a little bit of hope that we might see these sisters again with I don't know. I mean, you know, the, you've got the um, announcement, of course, with uh, live action Ahsoka coming up in season two of Mandalorian. Who knows? Maybe down the road there's a reunion with these with these guys. So we'll we'll see. They're They're definitely a fun pair. Yeah, no, I think it's a good group. And I, I think uh, I was reading somebody's review of the episodes and they were they were saying they hope that they see these two run into Han Solo at some point or another, because oh, yeah. that would be a really cool combo to play off of each other is uh, these two yeah. characters who are very much like Han Solo with Han Solo mm-hmm. and, and see how they interact <laughs> with each other. Uh, so uh, we'll just dive right into the to the uh, episode recap. And uh, episode seven opens with the fortune cookie. Who you were does not have to define who you are. And we find Ahsoka and the Martez sisters prisoners on the, of the Pike Syndicate on the planet Obadiah. Uh, finally find out that the sisters' parents were killed during an event from Season 2 of The Clone Wars when Cade Bane helped Zero the Hutt escape from prison on Coruscant. And apparently they blame those deaths on the Jedi. So did you guys uh, remember this story arc or have any idea who the Jedi was that was talking with the girls? Yeah, I, I had to go back and look at... Um... The yeah, the the episode, um, I didn't go watch it, but just kind of go look over it sort of. And and I remembered that Cad Bane was when when um, she said that it was a red eyed alien protecting Zero. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, Cad Bane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, but I guess Star Wars dot com said that this was something that we didn't see mm-hmm. um, 
on the actual episode. Uh, yeah, so I guess we didn't right. see the crash. The the episode was mostly about uh, Anakin, and he mm-hmm. was back in the Senate chamber. So he he was back in the Senate where uh, all the senators had been locked up together, and that was Cad Bane's plan was to lock all the senators together and then escape with the um uh escape with Zero and that way. And so mostly it focuses on Anakin and the story around him and escaping from that. So we don't see this whole escape. So this is kind of a, a new bit of lore to add to that episode. Yeah, and I think, you know, there's something to that just just from a, I don't know, like a basic storytelling standpoint that I think we've gotten so used to just, I have to know, like I have to see everything. I have to know every little detail. I have to know everybody's backstory. I, you know, and, and even though that this is giving us more of their backstory, precisely that it, it's a sort of a, a branch off of something we we were kind of following we thought we were following the big picture and all that kind of stuff but then here like these girls lost their whole family mm-hmm. in a scene that that wasn't even you know just from the standpoint of like the way we we viewed that event the first time around it's like we wouldn't have even noticed it either yeah you know i almost feel like so it, it was interesting because i i had kind of guessed you know i think in our last episode i was sort of just speculating about like i wonder if there's something <laughs> You know, I just had a feeling like there's something more here than meets the eye, but I didn't even really quite imagine that. And I was really still blown away with the whole idea of like trying to imagine here's these two young girls and, uh, you know, like all this, these adventures and this big picture stuff going on. And it is important. But how how do you communicate that to someone whose you know whole world has been taken away by it? Mm-hmm. You know, and there's definitely some faith connections with that, too. You know, you can know the answer. um, but is that satisfying, you know, for for someone who's who's just had that kind of toll taken? So I, I thought that was a really interesting dimension to it. Right. Yeah. I wanted to talk about what. Oh, my gosh. The Jedi's name. The the Jedi that I was guessing that it was was. um OK, help me out. The one with the, the chin facial tattoo. tattoos. Yeah. 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 The one with the chin. Luminara. What is her name? Luminara. Luminara yeah, so I was guessing that it was her. Yeah, and that I think quote, that's the general consensus of it. Yeah. That quote, I had to make a choice, but not to worry, the Force will be with you. Um, it reminded me, actually, of that verse from the letter of St. James in the New Testament, where he's talking about faith and works. Mm-hmm. And he says, um, if a brother or sister has nothing to wear and no food for the day, and one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and eat well, but you do not give them the necessities of the body, what good is it? So he's talking about, you know, yeah. just the importance of doing um, what practicing what you preach. And mm-hmm. um, I think, you know, that's an ever um eternal theme of having any kind of faith you know having the force is believing in the force and being a force wielder is definitely a type of faith and Mm -hmm. um just the fact that she as a jedi was having a very bad witness moment (laughs) to these young girls and that totally ruined their whole vision you know of the jedi she could have done something you know to help them out but she didn't Right. And that's and that's I think that's something that, uh, you know, we have to be very mindful of when we're representing the faith is that we're out there. And if we're not extending that extra hand, uh, someone is going to see that and they're that's going to affect the way that they think about about religion, about 
organized help of any kind and about God. And that's, it's important for us to remember that we're, you know, we're the face and we, we have to put some kind of action to it when we're there. So, yeah, I, 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 I was really, I was really struck by that too. And that's, that's the way that a lot of people, when they get upset about the, uh, well, do something instead of just offering your prayers, uh, mentality, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's that's what we're, what they're thinking. And, mm. and they forget that a lot of us are, are offering our prayers because there's not anything we can do directly. Mm. But we're doing mm-hmm. things like, you know, we're giving or we're involved right. or we're, you know, staying staying in touch. Uh, you know, I know for us personally, we do, we're part of a justice ministry here. Uh, and one of the things that we do is we just go and we go to these rallies. They're 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 kind of political rallies, but mostly it's just like uh, getting politicians to to complete their promises and it's about just showing up and like you know having five thousand people stare at you while you have to tell them well no i'm not actually going to do that it makes a difference when a politician Mm -hmm. has to like look at people and actually say (laughs) they're not going to do something and uh and so sometimes that's it's sometimes it's as easy as that which is one Mm -hmm. thing i want people to take away and then another another way to think about it too is that it's 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 important to actually act on the things that you feel strongly about you know not just Mm -hmm. say well that's a shame or the force will be with you, but to, you know, to fix it, to, to make sure that it's made right in some way. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought that was, that was a really bulky moment in the, uh, in the episodes that I thought was, was, it was well done too, though, because it was it, like you were saying, Mike, it's kind of backstory, you know, it's yeah. side, yeah. side story and it's stuff that we don't think about a lot. And I think there's a lot of small moments like that in these episodes that are really good. So, um, from there, they go on, uh, and in the midst of being tortured by at the command of Marg Krim, uh, who's the Pike boss in this area, for information about the spice they didn't deliver, we see Trace start to grow a little bit of a backbone uh, with her getting angry about her sister's torture and then her eventual escape from the torture. So I, I like seeing her kind of grow into this, you know, actualized character over the over the course of these couple episodes here. And, and I did think, by the way, I thought that um, um, she had a uh, Rafa had kind of a Han moment there when they're taking her away. <laughs> She's like, Trace, if I die, you get the family business. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like, and Trace is like, I don't, I, want, I don't want the family <laughs> business. <laughs> yeah, that was so good. <laughs> yep. And then um, and so that, that all kind of leads up to this moment of the sisters arguing. And, uh, you know, when, when they re, when Ahsoka manages to reunite them. And uh, when they're running from the the Pike guards and they have that the moment where they bump into each other and they get into the big argument about uh, who's right and who's who's going to say which one. <laughs> I love that. Uh, I had to go back and watch it again because I had to see who Ahsoka sided with because it was kind of a confusing scene. <laughs> so I had to go rewatch it a couple of times ago. OK, she is actually siding with Trace there. So Trace was right. <laughs> just just for the record. <laughs> I think that's important. <laughs> and um. You know, I don't know about you guys, but I'm really I'm liking Trace a lot more now. I thought that she yeah. was kind of whiny yeah. and and loose in the first couple episodes. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, she's doing pretty well under pressure, as it turns yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I was a little nervous about that too with her first uh, her first piloting when she just gets in the wrong lane yeah. and just kind of stays there. You're like ah. Uh, yeah, she seems to think really quick on her feet and she seems mm-hmm. to be a quick learner, um, maybe a little bit stubborn, but she she does seem to be adapt well. And I guess, you know, that was just the way that she grew up. She kind of had to mm-hmm. have those yeah. skills. But yeah, I, I do like her a lot more now. That was another yeah. one of those like like Han connections, but more from like solo with the whole like <laughs> flipping it to I got a really good feeling about this, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and she's kind of learning pretty quick. Yeah. Did you guys catch the Wilhelm scream in there? 
Yes, I was just yeah. about to mention that actually. Please, on I'm the so sorry. <laughs> no, that's it's, it's great because <laughs> it's it's kind of a running gag in my in my family. Like whenever the Wilhelm mm-hmm. scream comes up, you know, my kids are like, "Oh, it's the Wilhelm scream!" So that was there. There was a collective Wilhelm scream moment right there when they were in the firefight awesome. and the barrel explodes. <laughs> the guy goes flying off. <laughs> so for anybody who doesn't know what the Wilhelm scream is, go you look it up on YouTube. You will find a great super cut yep. of all the Wilhelm screams in Hollywood. It's a very often reused uh, sound trope in Hollywood. And it's especially common in the Star Wars uh, series. It's like all over the place in the Star Wars series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so after the firefight, they find themselves in the city outside the prison and um, they're still arguing about how Ahsoka fits into this whole uh, dynamic with the three of them. Uh, but peace doesn't last for long. And in the ensuing chase with the Pikes, we see we're given a moment to reconnect with the larger Star Wars universe in the shape of some disguised, quote unquote, disguised Mandalorians who recognize Ahsoka and mention that she might ruin their operation by being on Obadiah. Um, I didn't know who this was at this point. Uh, so this, this was kind of uh, I knew I, I had guesses as to who it was because it's the primary female Mandalorian that we see. Mm-hmm. But um, but it made complete sense once we get the, you know, the later reveal. Um, how about you guys? Did you get who knew <laughs> who knew who didn't? <laughs> uh, well, so the clue, I guess, was Carlac. Because I mm-hmm. think that was when she said, like, oh, that might be the Jedi that I met on Carlac. And I was mm-hmm. like, Carlac. What? I was like racking my brain. And then, you know, you go look look stuff up. And then I was remembering that there was a, an episode in season four where <laughs> Ahsoka got her booty slapped. I don't know yeah. if you remember that. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Because we, we just did a watch through that not too long ago, I felt like, didn't we? With, with oh, some okay. of the... No, I don't, I, don't think okay. we, I don't think we actually hit that um, series of episodes. I, I think we yeah. I think we skipped over that because we were trying to stay focused on the um on the the main right. the main string of them. So this one it did have to do with Death Watch. Yeah. But it was um that kid that um Lux Bont- Bonteri. Yeah, yeah. Who oh, was yeah. like okay. sort yeah. of a romantic interest for right. Ahsoka mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. like a short time. And his and mom the village and was right? yeah. Yeah, and his mm-hmm. mom was killed by Count Dooku. Right, so, right, And right. Count Dooku had also betrayed Death Watch, and so he wanted to get up uh, with Death Watch, and he mm-hmm. did so on Karlak, and Ahsoka went with him. That's and Ahsoka, what it was, yeah. Ahsoka was like, I think it was Bocas Han is like, who is this person that's mm-hmm. with you, Lux? And she was like, oh, I'm his betrothed. Betrothed, yep. Yeah. <laughs> and then she was like, oh, you look kind of skinny to be betrothed and then she kind of like slaps Ahsoka on the butt like as a joke I guess or to sort of like yeah. um, troll them or whatever because <laughs> I think she just doesn't like that there's another person in the situation mm. but anyway that was when she met Ahsoka so <laughs> that that was a blast from the past it's <laughs> a good way to bring I, characters back in right? <laughs> and I had been you know I, not too long ago finally did a um uh, Rebels watch through so you know she features prominently in that obviously as well mm-hmm. you know later in, in the timeline and everything so that was um, is it Katie Sackhoff I think does her voice if I remember uh, correctly because it's it, I believe she, I believe she, so. she always sounds familiar and I always forget because I'm thinking like you know and it's like Battlestar Galactica 24 when she was on there like it's just one of those voices it's like I know who that is and and then I go look her up and it's like oh yeah okay I'm pretty sure yeah. it's her yeah it's Katie um, Sackhoff okay yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I 
I, I was, um, yeah, it was just kind of cool. I, as soon as they, they were, you know, sort of stepping out there, I was just like, and there's the Mandalorian connection. Yeah. Cause I feel like, <laughs> like I hadn't forgotten about it, but it was like that we've all kind of been waiting for that, you know? Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Know? Well, I, th- I think that's the, you know, that's, uh, we, we had mentioned it last time, you know, like, oh, this is connecting to, to Solo. I wonder if that's going to be how we kind of type things back in. And so now we're finally getting that, you know, direct line drawn through for us. It's like, yes. Yay. This is good. <laughs> <laughs> so and uh, StarWars.com says that the person that was standing next to Bo was um, Ursa Wren. Who really? Was the mother of Sabine Wren. There you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did not realize oh, cool. that. That's cool, too. Yeah. So that was uh, that was another one that was a really neat. Uh, tie together and um yeah i think i think that uh it, it's interesting to see them here and i i, I love uh i I'm, I'm gonna bring it up later but the the masks so iconic mm-hmm. and also mm-hmm. so incredibly useful inside of the the acting in general of star wars <laughs> but uh <laughs> Uh, so the Pikes, I think, finally uh, live up to their name and lay an ultimately effective trap for Ahsoka at this point um, in the form of uh, public display of executing the sisters. Um, and, uh, you know, she swoops in to try and save them, uh, but ultimately is outgunned and uh, they manage uh, the, the Pikes do manage the trap and they all end up back in prison. So, uh, you know, and I think that at this point, Rafa finally admits that she shouldn't have taken the job. Uh, even though mm-hmm. it's probably not for the right reasons she admits it. She still admits that she probably shouldn't have taken this job. <laughs> and did you guys real quick before I forget, because in the fight kind of more like in the middle of the episode, when they're they're fighting on the elevator uh-huh. um, and they're hanging there and the guy's stuck and like you don't see what happens to him, but you can kind of guess. Oh, yeah. I was like, I was sitting there and the first thing I thought of was it's kind of the inversion of the way Michael Ironside dies in Total Recall. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah. you know, for a show that's often yeah. kind of considered a kiddie show, I was like, they, they were very careful to not show up. But I would, like, as it was happening, I was like, oh, they're not going to do this, are they? Yeah. <laughs> so like, no, my yeah. kids were my kids were like, oh, that's that's pretty dark. Yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I was wondering. Uh, yeah, I was like, if Yikes. they would pick up on that. Yeah. Um, no, no, no. They they all knew what was going on. They're like, oh, one of them even <laughs> one of them I think even said, I think they're missing some blood there. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> And then I, I and my wife made the uh, made the save there. Are are we sure that these are actually organic creatures? Or <laughs> I was like, good point. Oh, yeah. I mean, I could, guess it could be real. It could be droids, right? <laughs> so um, I, I think at this point, uh, one of the really good themes of this story arc uh, shows up in the fact that um, we're talking about the absolute banality of evil with these characters. And you know, one of the things that I mm-hmm. I love about Star Wars, it's archetypal, you know, there's always, there's very clear evil, very clear, clear good. And that's, that's great. But then at the same time, you lose some of that sense of, you know, why are people evil? And we see here that the Pikes are evil, not because they're trying to be evil, but just because they're trying to turn a profit. And we see that the, um, the sisters are on that spectrum of criminality, not because they're bad people, but just because they're trying to make ends meet. And this is the, this is how their skills kind of played out. And, it was the system that failed them uh, in the Jedi not doing something about the fact that they had lost their family and were now completely alone, but that they were making the best out of a bad situation. And so we see that it's not always about empires, but sometimes it's about just, you know, trying to live life. And mm-hmm. I thought that was a really good show of the the banality of evil here. Yeah, um, I think it was Trace that said this life I have, it's not how I was raised. It is, it's how it is. Yeah. And so she's talking about how like she doesn't 
like what's going on. She doesn't really like the job, but it's just to survive. And Mm -hmm. um, that reminded me a lot of um, when I was in college, I read like this really classic anthropological study called The Mountain People. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's it's about the Ik people of Uganda. And they were in like a really terrible drought and famine. And what happened, basically, it's a chronicle of how their society just crumbled when everyone was just trying to survive. And you can see how um, it's really, it's horrific to read just how like they would kick out their three and four year old children out of the hut um, just because they couldn't feed them. And it's just like, go fend for yourself type of thing. Um, you know, they would let the old people die. If you find food, you eat it real quick. And, you know, just a lot of really, really terrible things, you know, that we, mm-hmm. we think about um, as just part of society. You know, you're supposed to be generous. You're supposed to help people. That's how you mm-hmm. survive. But um, it, so that's a really classic sort of study of um, a people who are announced now that there's no famine, now they're known for being very moral and very mm. generous and very welcoming. But yeah, it's this idea that, you know, when you're, you're in that situation that Trace um, and her sister are in that, you know, you just do things that you really don't normally do. Like buying a lot of toilet paper. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> So uh, that that leads us to episode eight uh, together again, and um, I think the uh, the writers are thoroughly enjoying the uh, multiple meanings to the titles here. I see a lot of a lot of times where it's you'll see the title and then it'll be like, oh well, maybe that's about this plot line or this plot line or this plot line or wow. And this one it was like five different angles that I could take on the whole concept mm-hmm. of together again. Um, so I uh, it opens with the fortune cookie. You can change who you are, but you can't run from yourself. And we find the trio back in prison and still arguing about the spice and how they got there. <laughs> so kind of full circle from where we were at the end of the last episode. Um, I, I like here, though, that now we see a different trace. So Trace is now not just standing up for herself and for her actions, but also standing up for the fact that she didn't like the idea of this uh, of this job from the beginning. And so that's, you know. She didn't want to inherit the family business because she's not really sure that she likes the things that they're doing. And we start to see Mm -hmm. that kind of play up a little bit bigger here. Um, So Ahsoka tells the sisters that she has a plan, but they need to trust her, uh, which seems hard for Rafa. But the two of them have been working together a little bit better. So uh, they get called before Marg Krim to finally pay their debt. And Ahsoka begins her plan of betrayal of the sisters, uh, which I I thought was pretty... uh, it was clever the way that she kind of played the, you know, saying something and meaning two different things by it. And so it was really cool. And I like that. I like that Rafa picked up on it and, um, you know, that Trace was still kind of like naive about like taking everybody <laughs> at face value, not really like understanding that there are multiple meanings going on to what's happening there. <laughs> uh, and then after they're, after they, after Mark Krim agrees that they have, um, they have one uh, revolution which I want to talk about that word a little bit, but uh, they have one revolution to, uh, to, make, to make good on their deal. Uh, we see this candid moment of him uh, turning to his advisor and saying that you know, his life is on the line if the spice doesn't come through because there's somebody else 
pulling the strings, somebody bigger pulling the strings that's scary enough that uh, the syndicate boss is kind of like, you know, terrified of this, of whoever it is that's pulling the strings. We don't know who it is yet, but uh, that's good. So, so, yeah. so, he, he knows, he always <laughs> he, knows. He knows, he always knows. <laughs> I was like, oh, come on. Yeah. <laughs> by the way, I love we that know. part. I we love, know who knows. Know who is, yeah. the, the Jedi reveal thing, by the way, I loved what she was. She's like, I was trained, but I left. And they're both like, you can do that. You can do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was that was a good moment too no so i i thought uh, you know and I, i'll mention it later because i i think it's uh it's kind of funny uh because i was wondering about this like what do they mean by one revolution you know and then i was like okay mm-hmm. so they, they mean one revolution and and really what it comes down to is the deeper you dive into star wars lore the more you know that uh everything's based off of coruscant time so basically what they have is mm-hmm. one one coruscant day to get this whole thing sorted out and so that's you know that's the deal is that you got a whole day, and I like that they're that they're avoiding using those that you know that they're staying mm-hmm. true to the technical terms there. That's kind of a cool mm-hmm. uh, writer's trick that's really playing in here, and they they do it a lot in the Clone Wars. They've been really good about it, being consistent with that kind of thing. And yeah. um, I think when you go to this kind of cosmic scale, you have to. Um, the moment we have here, though, now is we have another uh, glimpse of the Mandalorians being highly interested in exactly what Ahsoka's up to. So when they see the sisters leaving the Pike's place, they mention that Ahsoka's not with them and that they need to keep track of when she leaves. So whenever she leaves, they need to make make sure that they're, you know, that they're paying attention. They also said that they were on a mission. But yes. We, uh, we didn't get any sense of what that was right so i guess yeah. it probably has something to do with uh the person who knows <laughs> right right yeah and, and i think that's you know that's that's the point this is the point where i was seeing the direct line being drawn from the solo movies all the way through to the you know to the mandalorian so we're, we're drawing a a pre-solo uh event here now in the clone wars all the way through the solo movie and then out into the mandalorian which I think is fun. That'll be it'll be exciting to see how that all shakes down. But yeah, I, I'm wondering what the mission that they're on is too. And uh, and yeah, I'll mention that again too. <laughs> when we come to the to the next moment, we see the Mandalorians. Um, so the sisters get out, and we find out that Rafa is uh going to return to Obadiah to retrieve Ahsoka, just because otherwise Ahsoka would hang it over her head forever. <laughs> If she were to escape on her own, <laughs> and it's because we haven't so, known Rafa for long, but that's exactly what she'd do. That's, yep, <laughs> pretty much. And um, <laughs> then, uh, and then in their classic form, they have a plan to heist some of the Pike's own spice <laughs> to pay off the debt to the Pikes. Which... It was highly entertaining, though. <laughs> it was no, it was a, it was a fantastic. Like the way it played out was great, but at the same time, it's like. Uh, you you wonder how they've made any money doing what they do, <laughs> right. which I guess is kind of a Han Solo thing, right? You always wonder, like, right. why why is it that he's the best? How how is anyone saying that he's the best smuggler? <laughs> how is he effective? How is he effective? Yeah. <laughs> this does not seem to work. Um, so uh, yeah, so I don't know. I I I thought it was interesting though because now they're really both playing very much to their strengths. Uh, that was one of the things yeah. that I thought was really cool about you know you see very clearly that Raph is the mouth and she's very good at, <laughs> at talking really fast. And, uh, and Trace is very good at keeping things in kind of an orderly fashion and making sure that they actually end up working. <laughs> right. 
And um, so did you love the, um, I guess they're called Tungs, like mm-hmm. the little guys that were the, yeah. the dock workers, um, the same species as Ben Quagineros. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I, I, Ben himself was not cute, but I thought these guys were cute because <laughs> they were little blue guys and they were, had like, didn't they have little microphones or am I just like. Like little head mics, or they had some sort of like earpiece or something yeah. on them. Yeah, like they were. <laughs> I don't know. It was just I was just imagining like someone you know in a warehouse like Walmart or Sam's yeah. or whatever is like. I well, can't the, give you spice. <laughs> and one of my favorite parts is when she first starts talking to the to the guy who's loading stuff. Is he's scratching his helmet. <laughs> she's talking to him and I'm like yep huh, I wonder how effective that is <laughs> uh, but yeah so so she Rafa convinces them to load the spice onto the ship but <laughs> in the meantime we go back so I, I like how it kind of flips back and forth between yeah. two stories yep. at this point so you know we see this meanwhile Ahsoka is um, uh, breaking out of the prison proving that you can take the Jedi out of the council but you can't take the heroics out of the Jedi just doesn't happen and I love that moment where she like sees the whole tray of um of thermal detonators and she's like, oh, well, might as well do some good while I'm here. <laughs> That's when I started yelling at my TV, blow it up, blow it up. <laughs> I was waiting for, um, um, oh my gosh, I just lost his name. It was the guy from, um, from earlier in the season. I can't believe it is Wrecker. I was waiting for oh, Wrecker yeah, to yeah. just kind of like <laughs> crying in the background. Yeah. <laughs> the happiest day of my life. <laughs> yes. No, it's, it's, uh, and so she is. She plans. She makes a plan to uh, use the thermal detonators to uh, blow some stuff up. And while she's placing all of these uh, bombs, she manages to wait, make her way back to uh, Marg Krim, and he's speaking to a hologram. And it's a cloaked hologram facing away from us. <laughs> and then he turns around, and it's like, ah, yes, here we go. Finally, now we have the direct connection because it is Darth Maul. Uh, who is the leader of the Shadow uh, uh, the Shadow Consortium? Is that what it's called? I think it's the Shadow Collective. So, yeah, Shadow Collective, Collective. yeah. yeah it's, so it's the Shadow Collective. And uh, he makes a threat to Krim that if Krim can't come through with the, the spice delivery, that he's going to have the Crimson Dawn take over Pike's operation. So. Dryden Voss, and yeah. It's, yes. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I, I had to look it up a little bit, and I didn't have a chance to really... And I don't know if it's just you guys, you know, like we're we're, um, not to date this too much, but we're, of course, you know, in the middle of kind of COVID-19 lockdown right now as we're doing all this. And there's all these like I keep hearing about like all these things you should watch. And I don't know if it's I don't really have like I've been watching less than usual. I find myself very busy Mm -hmm. right now. So I'm just sitting around. But um, I I did go back and look a little bit and I'm just trying to verify. But I'm pretty sure the last time like within Clone Wars that we actually saw Maul was right after he just got lightning fried and mm-hmm. and didn't do too well against his old boss um, in that fight with Sidious. And I was just laughing because I know that apparently there's been a lot more in some of the comics and other stuff that have filled in some of what's happened from then till now. But, um, of course, you know, they can't assume everybody's seen that. I mean, I haven't. So, mm-hmm. I mean, so I'm, I'm looking forward to these next few episodes, kind of seeing how they fill that, that arc in um, so we have a better idea of exactly... What is the situation on Mandalore right now? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, so that's and I, I think that was a really interesting moment. Like well, and I before we go before we go to there, I I thought mm. it was really cool when Maul 
uh senses ahsoka like yes and then he turns and he starts looking for her i was like Uh wow i didn't know you could do that with the hologram with a hologram yeah i was like i i'm wondering (laughs) i'm wondering if they're trying to like either either one maul is very powerful which he must be Mm -hmm. like honestly i think maul is one of the most like very 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 high up on the power Mm -hmm. scale of jedi or sith depending on how you want to take it but so you know he's on a completely different planet and he's able to tell something's up and i wonder if it's just that he's like so in tune with the force that like mm-hmm. he's like something weird is happening over i was thinking there because <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure didn't i mean I'm, i was trying to go back and remember because i'm pretty sure vader force choked ozzle remotely mm-hmm. um snoke just sent hux <laughs> on quite a little like slip and slide ride which is a pretty awesome scene um <laughs> say what you will about last jedi but but um and then the um I think there's a, a scene in uh, Resistance, if I remember correctly, in season two, where where Kylo Ren starts to like warning choke some people through it. So I don't know what the range is um, through through holograms, but it is it's something yeah. that there seemed to be expanding a little bit. <laughs> well, yeah. I was I, see like the justification I was I was coming up with is like okay, it's like you're on a call with someone and you just have like this you know like that that sixth sense where you're like mm. yeah yeah something feels mm-hmm. odd and right. it's not not so much that you're like sensing the presence of someone specifically but that you're like yeah. something's off well, yeah, and it can, might yeah. be something over there that's off and it's just like you know <laughs> it's like that you you a jedi's very in tune and so they're taking in all of their sensory information but then the thing that really bugged me was like what can you see when you're a hologram yeah i yeah right <laughs> like are you able to yeah so did, so that, did he, did he really grab the handrail <laughs> Maybe he didn't, but I was no, wondering he, if he okay. turned around though. He, he turned all like... the way around sideways, watching her, like following yeah. her move. Right? And, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it was very obvious that he was not just distracted. He was he was looking for Ahsoka. So yes. Was... <laughs> yeah. So maybe it has to do with him being a Force user. That, um, like, he's talking to somebody who has the Force right. through the hologram. So maybe there's a way you can like bounce the mm. Force off of that person, and then like. You can sort of see stuff. I don't know. I'm just theorizing. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe like you can you can use their sensitivity. And so Mark might might be noticing something, but ignoring it because he's nervous. Mm. And in that in that moment. Huh. That's an that's an interesting thought, too. Hadn't thought about that. (laughs) So, yeah, that's I you know, that's. I don't know. It's a, it, it was really I, I thought it was like I was like, whoa, that's expanding force powers. That's a mm-hmm. that's an interesting moment right there. Um, but, you know, Ahsoka can't leave well enough alone. So instead of just uh, going on with her plan to blow stuff up, she has to go find out where Maul was coming from. And lo and behold, Maul's transmission is coming directly from Mandalore. So now we get to find out mm-hmm. what's happening mm-hmm. there. Um, and then Marg Krim comes in with uh, a bunch of his henchmen and they manage to catch her. And this is the second moment in this series where you're like, man, she really needs her lightsaber back. Right. (laughs) You see her fighting and she's awesome, but you can tell she's obviously missing a limb in in this fight. And that limb is a a very bright. In her case, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it's true. Yeah, because she does use the two of them. So, yeah, she's a great fighter, but at the same time, she is missing some some pieces there. Um, And, uh, you know, the sisters, they run into some trouble trying to execute their heist <laughs> as they as they do which uh i thought was great and then the, the whole fight scene there was was awesome where uh where rafa's trying to punch the the foreman and he's just like completely ignoring yeah. it <laughs> yep it was this like you know 
we know that these sisters don't know anything about outside of their world. Mm-hmm. And um, I think anybody who knew anything about Trandosians would wouldn't dare pick a fight with right. them. So it was kind of cool to see her just chutzpah, you know, her spunk. And like, I'm going to keep fighting this guy, even though I hit him and he doesn't get hurt. I'm just going to keep on kicking. And, you know, I just I thought that was charming in a way. <laughs> yeah. Well, they don't give up. That's that's the that's the thing that's amazing about him is that they just keep pushing. And I, I like the assumption that um, that Ahsoka was going to escape, you know, like like Rafa's assumption wasn't that Ahsoka was going to die and that she was going to feel bad about right, it. It's right. that she was going to escape and then hold it over <laughs> Rafa's head for the rest of her life. <laughs> it's just like, all right. OK, <laughs> these guys have like they for uh, for all of that they've been through. They're still eternal optimists. <laughs> yep. Um. And then, uh, and we we managed. They managed to get back to uh, Margrim just in time to see Ahsoka having been brought before him, and she's about to be executed as a Jedi, or or at least taken to before um, Maul as a Jedi. And um, the 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 sisters finally find out that she is, and they have that moment where uh, you know uh, Ahsoka says, "Well, I, I was, I was trained as a Jedi, but I left," and it's like. <laughs> You can do that. <laughs> so, which I think is, is interesting because I, I wonder how people would react to priests that have have mm. left the priesthood and, and if it would be the same kind of situation. Like, you can, you can do that. And it's, you know, but but then the, the same thing isn't true about marriage at all, which is really funny. Like, you, know, mm-hmm. you can just mm-hmm. leave marriage. Oh, yeah. Well, that happens all the time. So Well, and so, okay, I maybe I feel kind of bad, but. Ahsoka, was she ever a full Jedi Knight or was she just always a Padawan? I don't remember. I I, I was thinking about that. And I I don't know that she ever had the trials. Um, yeah. I, I want to say she was a Padawan because I remember when she left, she took off the little, I guess, bead thing that she had instead right. mm-hmm. of the braid. Um, <clears throat> and so... Yeah, she yeah never I guess finished. it would be kind of at, yeah. like it's kind of like a seminarian who leaves, yeah. right? You know, so it's kind of interesting that I guess in this story, in this situation, like people just don't know that you can be force sensitive, be trained as a Jedi, but not actually be a Jedi. Keep going, right. yeah. Well, they see them all kind of interacting the same way, right? And and mm-hmm. I, I think any the, you know their power level is so far beyond the the average that uh, anybody who's even moderately adult like and able to you know just cut through your entire force on the way to get to you is it's, it, that's a Jedi. <laughs> it's, it doesn't matter what what you call them, what the Jedi call them. That's a Jedi. <laughs> I'm not right. going to worry do, about the rest of it. Does the average person know what a Sith is then, or like that you can? sort of twist the force i mean i would think that that would just be beyond their understanding you know like most people don't even know really about the force and what it does as we've seen from ray's training (laughs) right true Uh, so that's a good question uh it's it would be interesting to me to see also how maybe um other other force users who aren't trained as Jedi, especially during, you know, after the, after the purge, uh, you know, cause there's no Jedi council at that point, like how they're received, you know, are they kind of considered witch doctors? Is it more like a, yeah, that hmm. brings up a whole lot of questions. It really does. Yeah. 
and 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 I think you know we we started to see that when we first saw the the sisters talking about the Jedi and how they had a completely different view from the Jedi than we normally uh, assume everyone has, but it must be possible for people to have that negative view of them for sure. So and and at this point, I almost feel bad for Mark Krim, um, <laughs> honestly, because um, in the middle of all of this, like it just. It, he seems like a secondary character to some kind of weird soap opera when all three of them yes. start getting into a fight. <laughs> he's just like, oh gosh, just kill them all. <laughs> like, I can see where he's coming from. <laughs> um, so poor guy, he's just having a bad, bad day. <laughs> and it only gets worse because uh, they're, they're, the trio's execution is spoiled when uh, Ahsoka's bombs go off and uh, it destroys a large portion of the Pike's narco spice production. And I'm, I, this is the point right here. We get to see the amazingly expressive Mandalorian mask as the Mandalorian uh, stands there and you can just see the visible sigh as whatever their operation was. We don't even know. You just, it's gone. Like, you just see her, just see her like, and there's, she doesn't even move her hands or anything, but you can just feel the sigh kind of come off of her like, ugh. okay, mm. fine. <laughs> that plan's done. <laughs> And uh, it's like it, she knew it, she knew it was coming, but she's yeah. still like just yeah. watching the whole thing blow up. It's like oh, okay, great, <laughs> holding on a little so, bit of hope, but nope. <laughs> yep, yeah, the Jedi got involved. Which again, if if, if you haven't seen um, the Jedi Party uh, series, definitely not uh, not PG rated. It's it's PG thirteen, possibly even R. But it's hilarious because they take that spin on the Jedi, where they're like the party boys, and everywhere they go, they blow everything up. <laughs> So, uh, it's it's fantastic. Um, so finally, the the trio manages to escape. Uh, they get to the ship. They outrun the Pike Air Force and some more technical talk about uh, deflector shields, which I thought was really cool. And then uh, I, there's the very uh, very uh, brave, I would say, because she's finally back, finally reunited with her ship. Trace makes that brave decision to turn the ship around directly and say, well, we've still got the, the Ford shields and place chicken with this, uh, this last fighter from the, from the pikes. And she has and faith in the silver angel. There right? you go. Yes. <laughs> it's phenomenal. And, uh, you know, the poor thing. She's, she finally gets the ship back and then is willing to <laughs> sacrifice it to manage to get them all off. So that's pretty cool. Uh, and then they, they make it back to Coruscant. So they, they escape, they make it back to Coruscant, and we see the Mandalorian ship following them off the planet. Uh, and they have this rare moment of tenderness between Rafa and Ahsoka when uh, Rafa mentions to her that she's definitely a Jedi, but she's all that Rafa would hope for right. a Jedi to be, which I thought was a really good way to kind of wrap up that, that relationship in a, in a positive way. Um, but at this point, Ahsoka's past catches up with her. She can't run from it. Uh, and this is when we finally see Bo-Katan take off her helmet and reveal who she is and that she's interested in working together with, uh, Ahsoka now that they have a common enemy in Maul. So what'd you guys think about that moment? Well, and I think there's, there's a, it's back to that fortune cooking. You just mentioned again, you know, the, the reality of destiny um, and I know Peter Kraft has a, a phenomenal um, talk uh, and, and he you know, talks about this theme quite a bit in some of his books. But the idea of uh, faded and free, that they're not somehow they're not mutually exclusive. You know, so it's it's not like Ahsoka doesn't have a choice. She has a choice. She could completely blow it off forever. 
but there's just this like destiny you know it's, it's like the freest thing lewis talked about that too you know it's like the freest thing she's ever done and also the most kind of faded you know and um and even like luke you know i mean we see that all over star wars um some people got upset you know in episode nine with with him you know they said when he says to ray you know she's going to to stay on the island she says i'm doing what you did and he said i was wrong you know and they're like oh that's a retcon i'm like that's like saying saint paul's conversion was a retcon right you know <laughs> like it's no he, he realized he was wrong you know like that's you have this destiny that you can't really run from you know or you know mm-hmm. it's it's not gonna leave you alone <laughs> yeah. um and i think that's all of us to some extent whatever we're called to that there's you know there's that thing even if it's really scary or you know you have all these reasons to not do it but you know if you don't like you can't look in the mirror <laughs> you know, kind of thing mm-hmm. and that's i i really think they did a great job of these few episodes at least taking us into her struggle which you know you see that even i think in rebels too with her later on whatever goes on with these next few episodes you know that's still in some ways unresolved but she's just somehow she knows she has to be part of it you know um and i just i really respect that about the character and i think it's a really creative um you know sort of parallel path to some of the main characters we were used to yeah um i really appreciated in the behind the scenes little snippet that they have on starwars.com about this episode that Dave Filoni was talking about how he felt that in the prequel era, Qui-Gon Jinn was the Jedi who had the most balanced understanding of um, love that you can love Mm -hmm. someone without being attached to them. Mm -hmm. And um, he said that he felt that Ahsoka was the one who sort of had that, passed on to her so that she understood that in a richer way um, Mm -hmm. than many of the other Jedi did. And um, I think you can sort of see that in, in this whole arc that we've been talking about, you know, with, with Trace and Rafa, um, just how she really does love them. And, you know, she, she talks a lot about this, um, this idea of helping people and, um, and, essentially loving them, you know, wanting the best for them. And, you know, she doesn't seem to have any attachment. You know, she definitely has affection for these sisters, but she doesn't have an attachment to where she wouldn't want to leave them. Um, She would always want to guard them and protect them like Anakin, you know. Um, So, yeah, I, I thought it was really a very healthy sort of parting of ways right. with her and the sisters. And um, you can see that she is... Uh, maturing, you know, as a person mm-hmm. that she's continuing to ask these questions about who she is in relation to, yeah, her destiny and um, really just finding her identity. Yeah. I thought it was nice that the sisters also help convince her to go. You know, they're like, mm-hmm. they, they're very much like, no, this is this is what you're meant to do. Like they can tell e- even if she's not willing to admit it fully yet. And then they ask her, you know, are, are, you know, you're kind of worried. You're worried about. uh I don't remember how they phrase it, but you're worried about your, about your past. And she, and she mentions that she's sort of worried about, you know, going back to the Jedi and, uh, you know, that, that's an interesting thing for, for her to know that that's, that she's closed off that part of her life and that she's moving beyond that, but that she's still keeping all of those values and everything that she learned that was good and positive. And you kind of see that in the sisters because they're able to, to turn back to being, uh, you know, to reclaim the best parts of their past uh, through this through this interaction with her, and so that they 
remember who their parents were and what their parents stood for and are now kind of moving back toward that moment, which I think brings me to the burning question on my mind is what are they going to do with all of that spice? (laughs) That is exactly. still in the hold of the ship. <laughs> I so. know. I was like, "What? Well, how? What? Why? Why? What? what? Do so you still have it?" <laughs> well, that's, the crates were all still there, so I'm assuming that yeah. they still have like that whole shipment. So, I'm, I'm, you know, my hope is that they are going to now deliver that to a medical facility, and it's going to mm. become medicine. So they not only did they not deliver the original set of spice to the Pikes, but now they are actually going to take wow. this set and. I, I'm hoping that's what ends up happening with, and I hope yeah. they I hope they touch on that a little bit later too. That would be really nice. Yeah, see we'll that. see. <laughs> yeah. So um, I think you know that, and that that wraps up the story arc. Ahsoka uh, goes on to the Mandalorian ship with uh, Bo-Katan, and uh, we are assuming that from that point they're going to do going to complete the operation that she foiled on the, uh, on the Pike uh, Syndicate planet uh, by joining them to try and track down Maul now that she does have some valuable information in that way. Um, and I think, you know, like we've been talking about, the arc of this story has been very much about facing one's past and how we move forward from it. And, uh, you know, my wife mentioned after the very first uh, fortune cookie, she said, oh, that's very much like the every saint has a past and every sinner has a future uh-huh. uh, quote. And mm-hmm. I thought, yeah, that's, that's absolutely right. Um, and, and I think it makes it, you know, makes it really interesting to come back to this, this final moment of, you know, Ahsoka being leery of returning to her past. But then at the same time, the sisters, you know, like finding the best of their past as they go forward. Yeah. So how about you guys? Uh, any other final thoughts from you guys about that? I just, I just think, you know, I, I, um, I know we're not, not, not expressly speaking here, reviewing or, or, or directly kind of thinking about the Mandalorian per se, but it's in the back of my mind. And I can't help but just think here, you know, when she says to her um, so quickly, you know, Bo-Katan says that, you know, Death Watch is finished or something to that effect, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and it just makes me wonder, like, I'm, I just can't stop wondering about, you know, the, the, the rescue scene we see at Mandalorian, you know, where they save him as a kid. And, like, we know it's somewhere in here, you know, but I can't help but wonder, is that them, like, is it Death Watch after they're kind of finished, but they're not Death Watch as bad as they were anymore. I don't know. I'm just, I'm curious about mm-hmm. some of those connections are, or, you know, like how she might play into that or where, I don't know. It's just kind of cool. The overlap I keep thinking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially now with Ahsoka, you know, being uh, announced to be live action now, you know, in, in Mandalorian season two, you know, there's obviously all sorts of cool things that we could see these next few episodes. It might just give us some, some seeds to kind of, I don't know, wonder about <laughs> for the next few months at least. Yeah. I'm excited for that. Definitely. Yeah. And for me, I just, you know, Star Wars is so great. And I think this arc was very um, sort of like a what I love about Star Wars in the capsule in a way, because, you know, we're talking about like drug dealing in space, but then it's so relatable. Yeah. (laughs) You know, um, and a little sort of moment that we didn't touch on was um there's this i guess homeless godel character oh yeah mm-hmm. um on obadia and he is asking for credits because he needs to eat mm. and rafa is just like i don't have time for you you know and this is when ahsoka is telling her like you know well you just do good things for people because that's the thing to do mm-hmm. you know you help people out and um you know, I just I just like how 
it was, I mean, we could all see ourselves in that situation. You know, I, I certainly did, you know, just flashbacks to, you know, when you meet somebody on the street and they're asking for money because they need food and, and, um, you know, it's, it's something that, you know, we had friendship themes here. We had, um, yeah, just decision-making vocation. I mean, it, it's all just, I just love it. Um, I guess those are my, (laughs) my gargled final thoughts about this, this arc. It was great. It was really good because I think it was, it was very relatable, even though it's dealing with, you know, high crime syndicate and all this kind of stuff. It's, it is, it's very, all of the themes were very relatable and, uh, you know, you could see yourself very much in all the characters and, and, and that was, you know, I, I love the Clone Wars for that because as, as simplistic as some people complain about it being, it, it's really good because it's a 30 minute episode. You don't have time to, for it to be, you know, super complicated. Uh, but at the same time, it really gives you, especially kids, that in to the higher concepts of the archetypes that Star Wars deals with. Uh, because it's very easy to say, oh, there's definitely good and there's definitely evil. But good and evil don't always look good and evil. And that's what you see a lot in these few episodes is that there, there's, some, there's some reasons that people choose the wrong path that we can't always be sure of. Um, and sometimes even the good people are responsible for those people choosing the wrong path. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's how we see in the sisters being where they are and the Jedi that they've had to deal with. All right. Well, that's it from us. Uh, what do you think of these episodes of The Clone Wars? Be sure to email or comment on our Facebook or Twitter page and let us know. You can email us any feedback at starwars at sqpn.com and find StarQuest on Facebook at facebook.com slash starquestmedia and on Twitter at sqpn. Uh, we'd like to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Star Wars, including Megan, Neil, Rhonda, and Meg, and Devin. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of Star Wars and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. Also, be sure to subscribe to, subscribe to the show on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or the SQPN YouTube channel. To find previous versions of The Secrets of Star Wars, please visit sqpn.com slash Wars. And while we'll certainly be back in a couple of weeks to review the next two episodes of the seventh season of Clone Wars, we'd like to invite you all to join us for a special Facebook Live episode on May the 4th at 9 p.m. <laughs> Eastern Time, uh, U.S. Now, so this makes, uh, this is the point where, you know, it makes me, uh, reminds me of the need to have like some kind of galactic standard time, like uh, one rotation, because you know, <laughs> we're dealing with time zones. We've got listeners who are in Australia, who are in Europe. Uh, and so for the live episode, we will be uh, meeting on May the 4th at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, U.S. So um, we'll be talking about uh, what being a Star Wars fan means to us covering some exciting Star Wars news like the announcement of the High Republic focus and the live-action Ahsoka coming up uh, in Season 2 of The Mandalorian. But we'd also like to cover some questions from our listeners, so email, uh, Facebook message, or tweet them to SQPN, and we'll do our best to answer any Star Wars party questions that come our way for the celebration of our favorite galaxy far, far away. Until then, uh, Angela Cialana, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you, and I'm looking forward to May the 4th. Mike Creevy, thanks to you as well. That's always a lot of fun, and I can't wait for that either. (laughs) All right. And once again, I'm Thomas Senhero. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Star Wars on StarQuest. Quest.